Guys, good to be with you on the I Love Seville show. My name is Jerry Miller. Thank you kindly for joining us. It's Monday, May 15th here in downtown Charlottesville. This show is live on all social platforms, and today it's presented by just a fantastic 231 Festival at Castle Hill Cider. These guys are doing it right, Castle Hill Cider with the 231 Festival. This festival takes place Saturday, June 10th, um, all day. It's a festival to benefit the Blue Ridge Area Food Bank. You have food trucks, you got cider, you got beer tastings, wine tastings, live music, crafts, and fun activities for kids. June 10th in Keswick, Castle Hill Cider, guys, the 231 Festival. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Take a look at the screen, some of the topics we'll talk about today. Paul Tudor Jones, a man with profile and, and prestige and notoriety, a man who's got a connection to the University of Virginia. His namesake, his father's namesake, graces the John Paul Jones Arena. He says the um, Fed is done raising rates and stocks are going to have a banner finish to the year. I'll talk about this story from a Charlottesville standpoint, what it means of the Fed, you know, stop, you know, pausing or not raising rates anymore. I'm going to talk about this from a credit card debt standpoint. I'm going to talk about this from a small business standpoint. I'm going to talk about this from, you know, Preston Avenue and the UVA Corner and the downtown mall and, and, and Stonefield from, from a local standpoint. Um, I also want to highlight the, the emergence of what appears to be a high-end affluent aggregation of, of, of boutique shopping. And that's Hunter's project across from the Boar's Head. Remember, when the University of Virginia purchased Ivy Square Shopping Center for $22 million, a lot of the merchants in Ivy Square were wondering about their future. Hunter Craig, who's a prolific real estate owner and businessman, he owns a good chunk of the UVA corner. Um, Hunter owns the Bank of America building on the downtown mall the clock building on Water Street. He has a hell of a lot of real estate. He's got the shopping strip across from the Boarshead that he renovated and just rehabilitated and huffed life into it. And this shopping strip, I mean, it needs a name, um, Hunter. Do you have a name for this little area that you've developed across from the Boarshead? We should give it a brand. It's, you've done a hell of a job, dude. He's got another tenant coming over there. Be just from downtown Belmont is moving to that strip. So this little area is very quickly becoming the little epicenter of high-end boutique shopping, Hunter's Strip across from the Borshead Resort. And it makes perfect sense. Remember, the Selvage Brewing Company is going to eventually, later this year, open its brewery over there, move it from the Wool Factory to Ivy Road. So it's going to have even more of an anchor tenant. Kenny Ball Antiques is there. Uh, Comer and Company is there, the Shade Shop. Be Just is moving from downtown Belmont, Belmont to, to this area of Almoral County. So I'm going to ask Judah this question. Now I'm going to ask you, the viewer and listener, this question. Is, is the downtown mall facing more competition for foot traffic and consumer spending now than ever before? Everyone was very, very nervous when Stonefield opened. Everyone was equally as nervous when 5th Street Station was open. And the fear was these shopping centers would pull foot traffic from the mall. Well, since these shopping centers have opened, others have as well. 
and you're starting to realize that it's an arms race. Attracting people to walk by your store is a brouhaha of, of, of epic proportions. So I want to ask the question, is downtown Charlottesville in as competitive um, of an environment as it's ever seen from a foot traffic standpoint? That on today's show, along with VCU upping tuition 3%, now it's 16200 per year for an in-state student. I'll give you the out-of-state number in minutes. We'll give you a review of Mockingbird Restaurant in Belmont. We went there for Mother's Day. It was fantastic. Melissa Closehart has just got a fantastic spot going there. I want to welcome Judah to the show on a two-shot. I want to highlight first what you did for Mother's Day with Ginny Hu watching on Twitter and Dylan's Rule on Twitter. Sounds like you had a pretty fantastic lunch at South and Central. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, didn't, need a, didn't need a reservation. Um, uh, seeing a lot of other places around on Sunday that were pretty, uh, pretty massively packed, and uh, I think we got in at just the right time at South and Central. Uh, didn't need the reservation. Seated right away. What'd you get to eat? I uh, got the uh, steak and uh, eggs. Was that good? Yeah, it was really good. First uh, time there. It was. Uh, it was uh, my dad's. My dad didn't get the uh, his steak cooked the way he wanted. And actually, I liked his. Uh, we both asked for medium rare. Uh, mine came medium rare, which is really hard to cut with a butter knife. <laughs> but uh, my dad's was a little. Why'd you have a butter knife to cut a steak? That's what. That's what was at the tables. Why didn't you ask for a steak knife? I didn't think of it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's not like it was. Uh, you know, it's not like I sat there sawing away for five minutes. It was okay. just. Uh, just uh, you know. So your dad's steak wasn't cooked well. Sent it back. wasn't uh, wasn't cooked uh, as he liked. It. Medium rare. Okay. His is a little more well done, and so we. Uh, I gave him. I gave him one of my strips and took one of his strips, and his cut a lot, a lot smoother. Uh, but both of ours were really good. And uh, South and Central review from Judah Wickhauer. I like it. Vanessa Parkhill, hello. Welcome to the show, Bill McChesney. Welcome to the program. Um, jump in, guys. Share the uh, show and ask us questions. Well, let's put the first lower third on screen if we could. I want to talk this story from a Charlottesville standpoint. Not raising rates anymore means potentially credit card debt is going to get at least not more expensive. That's a good thing. Not raising rates anymore means potentially uh, loan vehicles for purchasing real estate may not get more costly. Okay. So this is going to have an effect. I think where Charlottesville is going to feel this effect first, Paul Tudor Jones says the Fed is done raising rates. Stocks to finish the year higher from here. This guy, of course, in 1987 called the stock market crash. He profited from the stock market crash. University of Virginia guy, Paul Tudor Jones, the money and the prestige and the influence behind the John Paul Jones Arena, Paul's father, the John Paul Jones Arena. That's where Charlottesville is going to feel it first, the credit card debt. And you read the national news and you see now credit card debt for Americans. I don't know if you saw this, but credit card debt nears $1 trillion for Americans. We're at an all-time high. Not only at we're at an all-time high for credit card debt for this country, normally in the first quarter of every year, Americans start eroding or paying down their credit card debt because the holidays are over and they're looking to get out of this issue they're in. This is the first quarter in a very, very long time where credit card debt did not erode or go down. It actually went up. 
Of course it did. Inflation, the cost of housing, we're utilizing anything humanly possible to keep the bills paid, right? So yeah. I want to highlight this from a Charlottesville standpoint. You jump in anywhere you want to go. Fed done raising rates. How this impacts Charlottesville most immediately is the debt viewers and listeners have that are listening to this show or living in this area. It's not going to be as costly if this is, in fact, the case, which could potentially put a little more money here into the local ecosystem. Maybe a little more consumer confidence as well. Time will tell. I don't know if I'm with you there. Okay. I want to hear what your thoughts are. Well, uh, I mean, this guy's got lots of money, right? Of course. I think he's talking about other people with lots of money. This is going to be a good thing for people with lots of money. There are a fair number of those, I think, in Charlottesville. So, uh, you know, there, it, may be, it may be good for some people here. But uh, do we really think that they've curbed inflation? Because I don't know that, that that's the case. I think he knows enough to know that they're not going to continue raising the rates because the rich people do want the uh, – and I shouldn't just say rich people, people who are invested in the stock market do want the stock market to end higher, but uh, that is not going to affect everybody living in Charlottesville. It affects and them from a, that's fair. there are going fair. to be a lot of people. It affects them from a credit card debt standpoint. There's no question about it. Fed raising rates undoubtedly affects people's credit card debt. The okay. Fed raising rates makes the debt more expensive, which means Americans, Charlottesvilleans, Central Virginians have less money. That's fine. But That's 100% fact. Don't, I know it's right. I'm not saying you're wrong, Jerry. But if they don't curb inflation, people are going to continue using their cards. And so that problem is not entirely going to go away for people who are... The consumer price index, CPI, has cooled considerably since peaking out around 9% in June 2022. The CPI index is now at 4.9% in April. So June of last year, CPI at 9%. April, CPI, Consumer Price Index, a measure, measure of inflation at 4.9%. But that doesn't mean that inflation has gone down. It just means the rate of inflation has, it's has cooled. gone down. It's cooled. I know. It's cooled. Which the, is... federal, the central bank has raised interest rates 10 times since March 2022. They've taken the Fed funds rate to a target range of 5% to 5.25%, the highest since August of 2007. Okay? If the Fed does not raise any more, and you got a UVA guy who's arguably one of the most well-known on Wall Street saying they're not, people in Central Virginia, $300,000, 300,000 people, your credit card debt, is going to now potentially be less expensive. Right? Bare sure. minimum, we're going to have a little bit extra money. Okay? I agree with you that this impacts people differently. Yeah. It's going to impact someone that is heavily invested into stocks and equities much differently than someone who's not. It's going to impact someone that has zero credit card debt and pays their balances off differently than someone that doesn't and carries debt. It's going to impact people that are in the real estate purchasing business and you know, utilizing financing vehicles to purchase real estate. Okay, People are impacted by this different ways. At bare minimum, the average Tom, Dick, and Harry, the average Laura, Louise, and Leslie, their credit card debt is less costly. This is a positive. This is a positive. 
This is a positive. I, I get your point, and you, you, explain, you explain it well. That's why you and I make a good yin and yang here. Let's go to comments. Paul Tudor Jones, this is from Deep Throat. What he is saying is already priced into the market. Fed funds future showing cuts later in the year. Given lag and shelter component of CPI, we know disinflation of official CPI is baked in already. That's from Deep Throat, who's in the finance business. You're not feeling relief? Am I not feeling relief right now? Gas is dropping. Okay. Credit card debt, potentially more manageable. CPI is cooling. Fed potentially not raising rates more. Potentially relief. I mean, if people have been... Uh, rents are cooling. If people... Rents are cooling. I didn't realize you had more. That's it. Rents are cooling. Potentially relief. What do you mean rents are cooling? Rents are cooling around here. Rents are not escalating at the same clip they were. Everything's cooling. Rents have cooled. The that, increase in rents have cooled. Okay, but that may help people that are getting into a new, uh, into a new rental and a new lease, but it's not going to help people that have already, been, uh, that have already gotten stuck paying uh, the higher prices of previous... Uh, but that's the way it is. Yeah. That's life. Right, I'm, but I'm making the point that you saying rents are cooling doesn't help a whole lot of people. R you can bring it up, but it's not helping a whole lot of people. It, it would certainly help more than rents heating up come yeah. renewal time. That's true. I mean, I'm trying to find a positive here. Rents are flatlining. So come renewal time, the landlord has a lot less leverage with increases. Some people were talking about come renewal time, they were getting dinged with 20 25% escalations for their rents. That's not happening. It's cooling. They're still going to get pop with an increase, whether they like it or not. It's just not going to be a, as aggressive a clip. Right. But that's business. It's never not going to be an increase. Okay. Right? I mean, do you agree? Sure. I mean, the, 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 folk, the, 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 the individual that's on the financial margin around here locally is never not going to get chiseled or nickel and dimed or increased in every way they're paying money. That's just life. I don't know. It's a positive, I think. What are your thoughts? Let's go to comments. This is from Jonathan watching the program. He's watching in North Downtown. Undoubtedly, it's going to make credit card debt um, less costly. We will see, however, Jerry, if the confidence is there for the consumer to spend money locally. I'm not so sure the confidence is there. Well, if people have been, as I was going to say earlier, if people have been riding that credit card, yes, uh, the debt service on it will be easier, but that doesn't mean people are necessarily going to have more money. It means they're going to try to catch up on paying off those credit cards yeah. while they've got time to, which doesn't bode well for people spending more money in Charlottesville. But the alternative is... Right. The alternative is worse. Right. That, this is a positive. But that's like saying I'm only slightly burned instead of... It's still better. It's, it's still better. better. Yeah. That's not, the whole point. I'm it's not, still better. 
You're, I understand you're the contrarian on the talk show, and this is the role you play. You're the naysayer. That's what you do. I totally get it. It's still better. Okay. We're in a better position this week than if the Fed chose to raise the rates. Are we not? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I suppose. But as he mentioned, a lot of that is baked in. Zillow of- Red Inflation Index, Deep Throat says, which is more real time, peaked out at 16%, and now it's down to 5%. Another sign, rent's cooling. The, rent, the Zillow real-time rent inflation index at a high was 16%, now at 5%. That's a significant drop. Significant drop. All right, let's do the, uh, anything you want to add before the next topic? No. Um, put, if you could put the next lower thirds on screen. And the next three are kind of the same topic, so we can rotate those through. Um, I was walking through Be Just in downtown Belmont before our Mockingbird reservation. My wife and our two boys were walking through this, this elevated home goods store. I mean, it was just fantastic. You got uh, domestic tools, home supplies, and botanicals. That's what it describes itself as, Be Just in downtown Belmont. It's moving to Ivy Road to Hunter's Project across from the Boar's Head. And this project, yet again, has captured an affluent, high-end boutique. And I was corresponding via direct message with one of, the, one of my favorite viewers and listeners. I believe he's watching right now. I won't utilize his name in this particular circumstance. And as we were corresponding together, we were highlighting how this particular strip is becoming the, um, the, uh, the, bu- the boutique corridor like the epicenter of expensive shops and boutiques. And the question we were wondering aloud, as you rotate those lower thirds, those three, because they're all related, is the downtown mall losing its um, position as the epicenter of expensive, affluent shopping and boutique-type spending. Because if you look, Hunter's project on Ivy Road across from the Borset, and Hunter, what is the name of this project? I would love to get a brand or a name for this project. Like, what are we going to call this? Is there a sign for what this is called? We should have some kind of sign of what this is called. This place is getting the shops, J-Dubs. So it leads me to believe or it leads me to ask the question or has me thinking, I'm curious, is this the most competition that the downtown mall has had for keeping businesses in storefronts? I mean, Stonefield's still there. Remember, we were talking Stonefield's going to be competition for downtown. We talked Fifth Street was going to be competition for downtown. Now Hunter's building on Ivy Row, we thought was going to be, is going to be competition for downtown. Is this the most competition it's ever had that you can think of? Yeah, probably. Um, spots opening up. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, there's not a whole lot of uh, spots open on, uh, open on the downtown mall, so... I'm sure a lot of uh, businesses are looking at the uh, the new places opening up, uh, wondering how big they're going to be, uh, wondering how much the uh, um, the UVA construction and building is going to uh, is going to affect that corridor. So, yeah, I think we'll see. Um, I want this is why I bring this up, and please, if you could rotate those lower thirds on screen. I'm bringing this up because I don't, I, I, it's important for downtown mall owners, and I'm talking real estate owners here. I'm talking to the, the Ludwig Kutners, the Lewis family. I'm talking to Joe Geek, 
I'm talking to, to Bill Nichman. Um, I'm, I'm interacted with Wilson Ritchie right now, Alan Kajin. Um, it's important for those that own real estate and, and a handful of people own much of the downtown mall to learn from what happened to the corner. The UVA corner has three people that pretty much own most of it. Hunter Craig and Tip Top Terry are two of them. And the rents got so out of control on the UVA corner that no local businesses could afford it. And now it's becoming this bastion of chains and corporations that are looking at the corner position as a point of sale and as also a marketing play. Like a Raising Cane's or a Chipotle, they don't mind paying obscene rent on the UVA corner because they know the UVA students that are going to patronize their business are the wealthy spenders of tomorrow. That's the consumer they want of tomorrow. So they see a Chipotle on the UVA corner as an opportunity to capture market share and to drive profitability in real, real time while also interacting with the UVA student who's a wealthy consumer of the future. So it's not only a branding marketing play, but it's a point of sale. Corporations, big ones like Raising Cane's, big ones like Chipotle, big ones like Starbucks are the only ones with the burn rate or the cash to make strategies like that a reality. So my hope, Judah, and you jump in anytime you want. My hope is these downtown real estate owners, friends of the program, Nichman, mentor, Joe Geek, bought this place from him, right? Ludwig, talk to the other. My hope these people, they learn from what happened to the corner as rents got ridiculously out of control because I don't want to see this area become a corporate epicenter like UVA's corner is becoming. And I also am fearful that the rents are getting so expensive that that could be the direction we're heading. I mean, is, is there anything that would give you reason to think that Hunter Craig being a landlord both on the corner and at and on Ivy that he's going to change the way he does things? That's a fair question. I think the opportunity to attract the rents that he's attracting on the corner, that doesn't exist outside of the UVA corner except for maybe like Barracks Road or Stonefield. I don't, I don't think know. With could, all the advertising you've been giving him, that he might be expecting uh, an even better return. I don't think he can attract. I don't think he can attract or command. In fact, I know for certain. I'm a thousand percent certain that he cannot attract or command the price per square at the shops across from the Borsad as he's commanding on the UVA corner. Yet, it'll never be that kind of because of the positioning. Now, if Ivy Road continues to become um, to continue to develop and we're seeing massive development on Ivy Road. I've, also, I've called Ivy Road Academic Village 2.0, right? Because of the data science school that's coming there, them buying the $22 million Ivy Square Shopping Center. You got UVA's hotel, the conference center, the Darden Hotel, the conference center, the sidewalk expansion. It's the Academic Village 2.0. But I don't think he's gonna be able to attract the rents that he gets at the corner. Time will tell, maybe you're right, but I don't see it anytime soon. I do think the downtown, and I love downtown, and I got a lot of skin downtown, but I feel like downtown's got more headwinds than a really long time. We were out on Sunday for Mother's Day, and it was the perfect weather on Sunday, was it not? Yeah. It was perfect weather. And the foot traffic downtown, before we went to Mockingbird and Belmont, and after Mockingbird, when we were walking off brunch, the foot traffic downtown just was not deep. 
There was not that many. I was surprised. My wife was mm. surprised as well, considering the perfect weather. Yeah. Let's get to more comments. They're coming in. We'll go to LinkedIn. This is from John, John Blair. Jerry, you're right. The Fed cutting uh, or not raising rates anymore, it is a positive. The consumer should feel some relief. However, it will not help the small business owner or tech startup because the cost of money is still five times as high today as it was of January 2021. It is. And the unfortunate aspect of of that is, and it's not going to change. It's not going to change, unfortunately. Do you see that changing? He also says this, the corner downtown mall comparison is a grand slam observation. You are 100% correct. I, I'm, I'm fearful that the downtown mall landowners, the real estate owners, it's few of them controlling eight blocks. And we meet as a group often. But these few, if they don't learn from the plight of the corner, that similar plight could come downtown. And that would stink. Yeah, no doubt. Because that corporate invasion, I think, would be much more negatively catastrophic downtown than the UVA corner. Do you agree or disagree with that? Uh, explain what you mean by negatively catastrophic. Do you mean downtown is more everyday Charlottesville, where the corner is more everyday UVA. So if we see that invasion of big box brands downtown then that's truly a sign that everyday Charlottesville's become even too costly for the small business owner. Where right now, we're just saying, oh, that's UVA in the corner. It's its separate animal, so it's not as big of a deal. We're kind of just like, eh. But if big box brands went downtown, that would have a hell of a lot more conversational momentum and conversational traction than what's happening on the corner. Would you agree with that or do you disagree with that? Out of curiosity. I think it would definitely be a. Uh, I think it would definitely be a blow to uh, to Charlottesville small businesses. But to be fair, even the big box brands are often uh, are often um, uh, locally owned, and they're certainly uh, staffed locally. So it would be a shame. Again, it would be a, a blow to uh, to Chipotle local businesses. Chipotle is not locally owned. Raising Cane's is not locally owned. Starbucks not locally owned. So some, no, fran- some franchises are locally owned. None of those franchises are locally owned. I mean, I don't, I didn't, I I don't think Chipotle, Chipotle doesn't do franchises. Okay. Those I mean, are corporate-owned stores. Corporate, but to your point, it is still creating jobs. And to the yeah. point that Spencer's making on the feed right now, would you rather empty storefronts or big box brands downtown Charlottesville? Because you might be left with that question. Yeah. And I would rather a big box brand than an empty storefront. Would you? Yeah. And uh, is that where we're heading? I mean, uh, we've already got. We've it's already happened to the corner. I'm not sure why it would be a surprise that it's going to happen anywhere else. I mean, look at the way uh, we've got. We've got the same owners. It's the same thing. It's basically the same thing. A few people owning the strip. Yeah. Why would it be any different? Including one that's a part of both. That's also developing the third strip across in the Borset. Yeah. Watch the trend. Watch the trend. VCU upping tuition, 3%. In-state students, 16200 a year as you change that lower third. 3% hike, 16200 per year 
for in-state students. What do you think out-of-state is? By the way, the $16,200 per year, it's a $600 increase year over year after they do this tuition hike. So if you're an in-state student and your kid goes to VCU, you're going to pay $600 more next year for your kid to go to VCU because they're raising the tuition. What do you think out-of-state is? A year. Tuition and fees at VCU. Somebody coming out of state to uh, go to VCU? Yes, sir. 24,000? I don't know. 38,800. And the year-over-year increase for an out-of-state student at VCU is 1,200 bucks. Well. 38,800 for out-of-state. 16,200 for in-state. 600 bump year over year for in-state, 1,200 bump year over year for out-of-state. Even a 600 bump is a lot. I guess people are busting down the doors to get into VCU. Even 600 is a lot. A 600 year over year increase is a lot. A 1,200 year over year increase is sizable. On top of 38K? Right. Yeah. On top of the increases everywhere else that people are facing. 3%. That's why these colleges that are like so well um, enrolled, like take a University of Virginia. People are, are, are fighting tooth and nail to come here, right? UVA's got a world-class brand, right? Mm-hmm. UVA's tuition and fees are more than VCU's. And people are chomp- <laughs> chomping at the bit to either pay a quarter million dollars for four years of school or go a quarter million dollars in debt for four years of school. When you have folks chopping at the bit like that, you either have ridiculous wealth at the school, which UVA is, or you have some of the hardest workers ever that are trying to climb their way out of a quarter million dollars of debt. And that hard work ethic leads them to professional success, and some of them are eventually going to work their way back here professionally and physically, living-wise, and bring their bags of money to Charlottesville. We see it all the time. It's just, it's just such a phenomenon, the college town, and how it impacts local economies. 38800 for an out-of-state student at VCU in Richmond. Yeah. That's a chunk of money. No doubt. That's 40 Gs. Mm-hmm. Judah, that's before room and board. That's insanity. That's tuition and fees. That doesn't even include living expenses. That doesn't include eating. Yeah. That doesn't include li- walking around. It's nuts. That means someone at VCU, if you're out of state, you're basically talking 60 grand minimum a year. Yeah, probably. Right? Because, I mean, you figure the rental loan's going to be, what, 1500 a month? That's 18K. But you got to eat. Yeah. You got to travel. Mm-hmm. Get to and from school. All right, two other items out of the notebook. If you want to get the Fitzgerald tire, lower third on screen. I thought this would be sold by now. $1 million asking price for Fitzgerald tire. A cut in price. Now a $1 million for the iconic tire shop in downtown Belmont with the I Love Charlottesville a lot sign. It's a very quirky place, right? It's not that big. Right. You don't have a lot of parking. A million dollars is a chunk of money. It's $928 a square foot because you only got 1,078 square feet here. 408 Monticello Road. Is it meant to be uh, sold as, as is and stay as a uh, 
an auto shop? I don't see how that can survive in its current, because you're basically talking class A real estate for a mechanic shop. Yeah. Which now, it wasn't when it was. When it was Fitzgerald Tire, when it was erected, it certainly was not class A real estate. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, how much would someone have to spend to uh, Great question. tear out all the, uh, you know, all the stuff that goes towards fixing cars and turn it into something else? Fantastic that question. That may be part of the, the trouble selling. I think 100% you're right. Plus the environmental impact of a mechanic shop and what's happening underground. Yeah. If they've had oil spills and all kinds of other exhaust and mechanic wear and tear, I would imagine that's something that's being considered. I thought it would make a fantastic rooftop restaurant. Oh, yeah. Still on the market, price cut, now a million bucks, change in brokerage as well. Avenue Realty now has the listing. Million dollars. Hmm. Fantastic property. Trophy property. That's a trophy property for somebody right there. Um, You gave your South and Central review. I'll give my Mockingbird review. Guys, Mockingbird in Belmont is fantastic. Melissa Close Hart is the executive chef, but she's doing it in a different way now. I think she's kind of like running as an expo or a hostess and is more a front-of-the-house brand than a back-of-the-house line cook. Mm. And she was there to greet us when we got there. Her Mother's Day brunch menu was fantastic. My wife had the Monte Cristo. It was a delightful sandwich. I had a breakfast, traditional two eggs, Bacon and grits was great. The biscuit basket, I think it's six biscuits with jams and jellies and apple mm. butter. Judah, your father would love it. I sincerely My mean this. My father would love it. You would love it. <laughs> Price well. Sounds like I'd love it. It was affordable. I sincerely mean this. You and your parents, after church on Sunday, spend it, mm. and you can walk around Belmont. It's such an eclectic neighborhood, Belmont. It's great, guys. The bar is bright. There's elements of junction that are still present. You see it in the real estate, the building itself, but the menu is different than junctions, a bit more Southern and approachable. Hmm. You would love it. Okay. <clears throat> I'm, gonna t- I'm gonna try South and Central on your recommendation. I still haven't tried that one. You try yeah. Mockingbird. Was that your second time at South and Central? No, that's my first time. Is your first time? I'd like to have dinner there sometime, but uh, the, brunch was, the brunch was good. Wednesdays, they have a steak deal. Well, I learned that from Nicholas Erpy on Wednesdays yeah. at South and Central. That's when you would want to go if you want to go for dinner. Yeah. James Watson, I was thinking about you when I was reading that article. Your oldest daughter is at VCU, and she's having tremendous success. I loved seeing the photos of you visiting your daughter at VCU, and I know you're paying that tuition, my friend. I was thinking about you when I was reading that. Um, Bill McChesney says, West Enders aren't downtowners. Do you buy that, that the folks on the West End? Is he saying the people that... Uh, Do you agree with that? Is he saying the, the people that live at, uh, at Boar's Head? Well, Ivy Road aren't downtowners. I don't know if I agree with that. I could see that. I mean, I could see them. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't preclude them from ever coming downtown, but... Uh, I mean, everyone likes good food. Downtown's got good food. Yeah. Right? I mean, if you still wanted some of the best dining options, aggregation of the best dining options, it would be West Main Downtown Mall, Downtown Belmont. Would it not in the city? I guess. I don't know how many people think about things that way. 
How, how you're saying you don't think they? Well, I mean, like, you guys saw it on Sunday. You had to go to multiple spots. Yeah, but at no point. I mean, actually, I was surprised that my parents ended up at uh, at uh, Dairy Market, but well, it sounded like you were running out of uh, options. Well, no, we tried a we tried a couple. I mean, the first one, I, I can't even remember. Anyways. Uh, the point was, at no point were we like, hey, let's go to X spot and walk around till we find a good place to eat. The whole time it was, where do you, and, and, every, and every Sunday after church, it's where do you want to eat? That we're, somebody is picking a restaurant, not a, uh, not a strip. Hmm. Um, so I don't, you know, somebody, somebody at Boar's Head may say, hey, I want to eat at Passiflora and come to the downtown mall. But... I don't know that I don't know how how much they would likely be just coming to the downtown mall and I don't know how much, how often people in general just head to a particular area like Barracks Road or do people not do that anymore? Is it now is it now just so destination specific where before it was let's go downtown, walk around and see what we like. Well that may be the case but I feel like it's Is more, that a reflection like of the iPhone? I feel like it's more the case with uh, with. I mean, to come to the downtown mall and walk around, you've got to have time to walk around. Yeah, it's experience. And then, and then pick a place that you want to eat, and potentially have to wait to get seated. Yeah. And then have to wait to to order your food. Experience. So. Sure. If people are heading to the downtown mall for something else, like uh, like whatever it was that was happening last Thursday. Fries after five music. I think J rad was playing on Thursday. Um, it's an experience. Is, is, is that one of the collateral damages of iPhones and smartphones that we've become less inclined to experience life through meandering? Are we so razor focused and laser focused on where we're going to go? Like we're going to this destination that we're not saying anymore, let's just walk down, let's just head downtown and see what comes up? Like, has the consumer's mindset shifted? Maybe to some extent. I think there's also, uh, you know, we... Because there was a time we would just go to the... Like, when we were kids, we grew up in Williamsburg, we would just go to the mall and see what comes up. Do people... Do you just go and experience, go somewhere, or is it now a plan? Because that would work very, that would work against downtown if today's consumer is now razor focused on a destination and a plan, as opposed to the expan- the experience of meandering. Yeah. Because downtown is not set up for efficiency, destination, plan. It's set up for meandering and smelling the roses and 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 experiencing. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I mean. I'm sure, I'm sure it differs by person, by family, by friend group, but um, I certainly see people wandering the downtown mall still. But uh, I think, you know, we talk a lot about experiential, um, experiential businesses, and uh, maybe we need more of that on the downtown mall. Vanessa Parkhill says, so many restaurants have long waits or require reservations. During COVID, it was often hard to grab a drink at a bar while you were waited for your dinner spot. Maybe that is one of the drivers behind making a plan. I mean, that's, that's 100% a driver behind making a plan. I think that's 100% a driver. 
Like, it, I, I just, out of curiosity, I wonder if, like, we are changing as consumers and our spending habits. Has COVID and the ubiquitous nature of the iPhone and the fact that we can instantaneously get information at the fingertips in the palm of our hands, has it changed our mindset as consumers where we want efficiency with spending and our time? And it's no longer about meandering and BSing and walking and storefront window shopping and hopping around and having a drink here and an appetizer there and an entree there. We, maybe it's changed. Well, not, the problem is that none of those things are, are quick anywhere. No, especially uh, not here. Not downtown it's not. No. And, uh, it's like the mindset we were having with the haircut. One of my problems with getting a haircut now is it t- it's a two-hour experience. And all of a sudden now this two-hour experience has become a big deal for me. Is that the, the mindset that somebody has with coming here for food? It's going to be an all-day thing. We're not going to do it. We'd rather just go somewhere and park in front and leave. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, my dad cannot stand waiting at all. There you go. Uh, he, like my mom and I used to love going to uh, Bluegrass. That place is awesome. Yeah, but we could never Was go. Awesome. We could never go when my when we, we only we'd only go when my dad had something else to do. Because you had to wait a half an hour. Yeah, and my mom and I are fine. We'll hang out outside. We'll talk. We'll you know picnic table. Whatever. But uh, um, so that was certainly uh, you know that's certainly a a uh, consideration with my with my dad and. Uh, and as my parents get older and uh, occasionally may want to walk less, uh, not to mention the fact that uh, you know we're when we're heading to lunch, we're not trying to uh, we're not trying to waste forty five minutes or an hour before we eat. We want to go eat, I and know, we yeah, decide where we want to eat. And uh, that's we're not everybody. We're not every family. Well, no, I know, but your 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 mindsets. A fairly normal mindset. I mean, you guys are pretty normal people. I would think this is a mindset of other people. That mindset works against them all. Yeah. I mean, you know, there have been places that I've gone. I, I love the malls in... Uh, I know you love the mall. No, I mean, I, was gonna, I wasn't saying I love this mall. I was saying I love the malls in, like, uh, where my sisters live. They've got this great mall called The River. That's just a great place to meander to wander around and check things out. Even if you don't even stop at any of the shops, it's a great place. Uh, I don't know that I feel that the same way about uh, the downtown mall anymore. Um, it's got to figure something out. It's got to figure something Savannah, out. Savannah, Georgia. You've got, uh, you've got a couple areas. You've got, the, you've got a, a market, kind of like the downtown mall, but you've also got, the, you've also got River Road. I think there's just more, and it's more easily connected, uh, at least in that case. I don't know. You know. No, that's great feedback, dude. Fantastic feedback. There, I've been to a lot of different places that had a lot of, you know, uh, some of the places I, I was in in Spain. Like, I could just walk around Madrid forever. Right. It's such a great place. And do you so have much that now here? Do we? I don't think we do. Well... The problem here, and, and you know, uh, California, you can't, you don't just, you know, you don't just walk around from one spot to the next spot. You gotta, you gotta drive somewhere and get out, and you know, like going to the river, you've got to drive there. Uh, but you can do that. You can walk here. But once you're there, 
it's I think it's different every every place. Uh, but one of my problems with Charlottesville is that you can't walk from one spot to another. Why not? You can walk from downtown to the corner, no problem. You can walk from UVA to the downtown mall, no problem. Yeah, it's gonna. Wait, take I've done you that some, walk so many times. It's gonna take a while. 15, 20 minutes. UVA corner to the downtown mall is 15, 20 minute walk. Pushing a stroller. 15 minutes. Soon? 15 or 20. Yeah, it's not that far. Like a mile and change. Then maybe it's just the maybe it's just the, a mental block. I I feel like uh, you know what I think it is. I it's, feel like it, these places are disconnected in my mind. You're saying uh, downtown and the corner. I'm saying you're probably right. It probably takes 15 to 20 minutes to, to walk from one to the other, but I don't think of them as connected. And everywhere I think of in Charlottesville is a place that I have to drive to. You know, it's interesting that you brought that up. The West Main Streetscape project, where we were going to get funding from the state, mm-hmm. that was going to do exactly that. was going to improve the connectivity of the UVA corner to the downtown mall. A lot of folks have argued the most, ex- the most important stretch of road in the city of Charlottesville is West Main Street from the university to the downtown mall because it's the entry to Charlottesville. Yeah. It's the road that new folks to Charlottesville will go, right? And the West Main Streetscapes project, which was scrapped, the Socialists of Charlottesville led the scrapping of that project, was going to do exactly what you were talking about bridge the two shopping and dining and experiential districts, the corner and the downtown mall. Yeah. And now it's, you're right, that strip has a lot to be desired. I think the downtown mall needs to fix a lot of stuff, and I think think if we had something, if the the West Main was more like the downtown mall, if, uh, if you had places to sit, if you had places to get a drink of water, like... Uh, like drinking fountains, which is one thing the downtown mall, the last time I The last time the downtown mall had places to sit, you had a... I know that. Serious... They need to figure out how to work... This is... These are problems that they need to work out. You had a serious houseless problem when they had the benches. And we still have a houseless problem. We still have a houseless problem. So problem not solved. Great, great job. There's less aggregation downtown. They're also... Without the benches. What? There's less houseless individuals aggregating downtown yeah. without the benches. I mean, I, I'm not saying I've got the, the solution to and it. And I'm not saying removing We've the benches got... was the right thing either. Yeah. I'm just saying there are less houseless individuals downtown without the benches. Well, they, and they've gone to where the, other, where the benches are. Uh, but, and they've uh, made the argument, folks on either side, I see both sides of this because it's a public park. And people should be able to go to a public park, which is the definition of the downtown mall. Literally, by definition, it's a public park without having to spend money. And a lot of folks feel the only way they're welcome downtown is if they're spending money because that's how they can sit somewhere at one of the patios al fresco is if they spend money. Can't sit there the patio if you're not spending money. And people feel like that's not approachable. Time. I also can't remember the last time the, uh, the water fountains worked. Maybe they work now, but the last time I tried one, nothing came out. Um, there's, you know, the, we've talked about the bathroom situation. I just think, you know, it's... Uh, uh, you're right. Some of the some of the going on the downtown mall. If you want to be able to get a drink or sit down or go to the bathroom, you need to spend money somewhere. You have to spend money. And maybe maybe people have uh, have wised up to that. And the alternative, though, is Dan Pettit watching the program. 
my daughter, he says, did a Portugal walk um, and pilgrim walk in Spain. She loved um, Porto in Portugal. She says it's a great destination spot for tourists. We were going to go there before uh, the pandemic hit. She said cafes and their history draw a lot of people. Easy access to everything. Yeah. James Watson says it's still kind of borderline dead in between the mall, uh, in between uh, the corner and the downtown mall. You get to the corner and half the businesses are closed or are chains now. A lot of closed businesses on the downtown mall as well. Uh, Vanessa Parkhill says the corners for students, that's the mindset for many. If you're not a UVA alum, you're not as likely to be drawn to walk there from the downtown mall. That's true. That's it. My mom That's 100% went. true. I walked to the corner because I went to UVA, and I want to get nostalgic. Vanessa's yeah. 100% right. And that reminded me of, uh, we were re- my mom wanted to go to Fig. She wanted to go where? They, she wanted to go to Fig. That place is good. Food but they, is good. But they got to the corner, and uh, it, the parking situation was the way it usually is on the corner. And, Challenging. Uh, and I think... I don't know if one of them got out and checked or what, but it sounded like they were saying that there was like a half an hour wait to get seated at Fig. At Fig? Yeah. This was Sunday for Mother's Day? Yeah, so that's when we started trying to figure out where else to go. I stopped at Siren, saw Laura Fawner outside, and I was like, hey, come on down to Siren. I just saw Laura Fawner. And then I'm looking on my phone, and it says they open at 5, and I go in and I walk up to the the front. And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, let's not go to the... Let's not go to Siren. They're not open yet. So, and that's how, and they said they ended up at, uh, they said, hey, we just stopped at Dairy Market. Dairy Market's great. That's, I mean, you had and, options. And then we decided, and that's when we decided to just stop and walk around. Yeah, because you had options. And, well, you were also SHIT out of luck. So you had to do it. There were other places we could have gone, but I was like, hey, that's fine. And uh, the shops at Bel Air. That's a good one from uh, Albert Graves on Twitter. The shops at Bel Air. That's what Bel Air. That's, that's a good brand. <clears throat> and he also says, the Fed not raising rates is potential relief to those that don't have to work two jobs, or as you like to say, the ones that have to work 65 hours a week to live local. It's a 65-hour work week town, guys, whether we want to admit this or not. It's a 65-hour work week town. You were great today. Anything you want to close with? Uh, yeah, I found this little. Uh, I think it was on. Uh, I think it was on. Was it uh, Rory Stolzenberg? You you sent me looking for stuff on Twitter, and I can't remember if it was. You got Rory. a tweet from Rory? You gonna put it on screen? Rory or uh, or Elliot? Well, who's the? Did you get the screenshot? It is a, uh, it's a newspaper article about, the, about rugby, all okay. the different rugbies. And, um, Elliot Harding did this? I think so. Elliot may have been the one that posted it. And here's the, here's the article. Uh, apparently, um, the name rugby came from, uh, came from a guy that was, uh, came from the rugby house. Uh, Rugby Road in Charlottesville? Yeah, that's now a, um, it's now a, uh, I think an apartment house, something like that. But, uh, but the original is uh, was basically where all these all the rugby names came from. Uh, rugby, rugby Avenue, Rugby Place, Rugby Circle, Rugby Road—they all got their name from the house shown above. 
Built in 1850 by Andrew Brown, the house serves a boys' school and was named Rugby after the famous school in England and a bunch of other stuff. Anyways, I thought it was interesting that uh, that's where the, uh, the rugby name came from. I like and that. And this guy, um, the guy that... Uh, Major General Thomas Lafayette Rosser bought the home in 1885. Uh, was a big... Uh, was a friend of General Custer. And... Uh, there you go. Just some interesting history. Thank you. Thank you for that. Judah Wickhauer, Jerry Miller, the I Live Seville show on a Monday. We're back in the saddle tomorrow at 1230. June 10th, 231 Festival, Castle Hill. Food trucks, live music, beer, cider, wine, and activities for kids. It's the thing to do on the 10th of June. It's a Saturday. Castle Hill, 231 Fest. For Judah, I'm Jerry. Thank you kindly. Take care. Mm-hmm.